Welcome to the Financial Flight Plan with Tim Estes and Bree Reyes. When it comes to your financial future, we believe the sky is the limit. We'll give you the proper tools to keep your engine <clears throat> portfolio running smoothly. Let us pilot the answers to some of your toughest financial issues. The Financial Flight Plan starts now. Well, hello and welcome in to the Financial Flight Plan podcast. Got a good show for you today. Kick off the new year. Bree, I'm sure a lot of people might not have been paying attention because, well, the holidays are going on and it seems like uh, Congress loves to pass stuff right at the last second. So I think it was December 29th, Secure Act 2.0 got passed. And I'm sure there wasn't a, weren't a whole lot of people that are actually aware that it, that it happened. Well, yeah, most people were on vacation. it definitely has been at least in the financial sector this has been the story of the year so far even more than inflation and where we think the market is going this year secure act 2.0 has been at least for me the because we i have been watching this i actually do spend a lot of time watching bills in congress that go nowhere and so i was i was happy (laughs) to see this one move and kind of get some traction and pass yay yeah especially when i don't know how many take votes it took to get uh, a speaker so you know (laughs) 15 i think getting getting little things accomplished actually this is a pretty big one um where we have to work across the aisle when we can't even get a speaker chosen like come on this is awesome let's let's be happy let's celebrate the little wins absolutely that's what we're gonna do today is take you through what's uh what you need to know like what's changing what opportunities could be out there and, and you mentioned you know most people m- might not have seen this because hey you're enjoying time with family but you know you might not have seen it because you were sick with covid over the holidays i so was i was <laughs> i was one of those actually all the women in my family all the women in my immediate family came down with it um save my mother-in-law we all came down with COVID and it was, um, we've all had it before. So it was my mother, Julie, um, my sister, Amanda, who was in one of my sisters, Amanda. So my younger sister, Amanda, who was in from DC, my older sister, Amanda stayed in Colorado and she was probably smart for that. Um, and me all came down with COVID roughly around the same time, New Year's day. And I started feeling bad. I started feeling bad New Year's day um that sunday and just kind of put myself in bed and started self-quarantining not thinking Mm. any i had no fever i didn't have any symptoms i did one of those video chat thingy my bobbers and they're like yeah you don't have covid you don't have any of the symptoms of covid you've got a sinus infection Mm -hmm. oh fudge well i just had sinus surgery in november so thank you (laughs) Um, why did i spend all that money and time feeling bad to get a sinus infection and uh, the next day, I uh, that Monday, I took a COVID test at home. I was like, maybe that maybe that doctor didn't know what they were talking about. And yeah. sure enough, no, I I I was the first one that popped positive. And um, my, unfortunately, my sister, my younger Amanda, was driving back from Texas to DC that day, and so she was feeling pretty pretty bad. And see, I thought I'd had a sinus infection the entire week between Christmas and New Year's. So I, pardon me, um, I was. Uh, it was one of those situations where wanted to make sure that we were getting getting better and getting everything taken care of and that type of thing. And so um, I popped positive on a home test and I thought this is still got to be wrong. I don't have a fever. I don't have some of the classic symptoms. It's a sinus infection. So I'm going to go to a, a care now. Quickest way to get there, right? Mm-hmm. They've got somebody on call because remember, this is the 
federal holiday for New Year's. So right. my primary care physician is closed. My my um, allergist is closed. My ear, nose, and throat doctors. I mean, where else am I going to go? And I get there, and the doctor says, I don't believe anything from the CDC. They've lied to us so much about the vaccines. I'll test you. But, and I said, um, I said, okay, what do you mean, but? And he said, well, we'll just see once you get tested. And so, of course, I got positive on the test again. And I'm sitting there just thinking, oh, great, I'm going to have a five-year-old with COVID again. Yeah. Yay, fun. And um, we get the testing, walks back in. I was like, okay, so the antiviral medication that I've heard about, my dad had that killed it in one day, and he started feeling better in five, and it was amazing and wonderful. And he said, yes, I don't trust the CDC. Remember, I don't prescribe that. Man. Go home and lay on a couch and drink some chicken soup and get Mucinex. And these two things I'm going to prescribe, which, by the way, you cannot find Mucinex. Finding Mucinex and NyQuil right now is completely impossible. The shelves are empty. I went to Walmart. I went to Target. Well, I didn't go. I sent my husband. Um, He went to Walgreens and CVS. Luckily, they're all within a a quarter mile radius of each other. So otherwise, he would have killed me. Um, And they were bare, bare Mother Hubbard shelves. And so I, and I just, I was so uncomfortable in my own skin. I got online again and found an online company and talked to another doc. And as long as soon as, as, if I could prove I was positive, she called in the prescription for the antivirals. But now I've almost blown my, um, my copays needed for the year because of three doctor's visits in 24 hours. Jeez. <laughs> just to get what a stretch. antivirals. But I'm back. I still have a little COVID brain. I'm still not feeling 100%, but I'm back in the office. And my God, it just feels good to get out of my room. Well, what a what an adventure. That it was a great, cool. hey, the year has got to go up from there, right? It's got when to. When you spend the first week of the year in bed, hating the world, it has got to get better. Absolutely. Well, I'm glad you're feeling a little bit better. And hopefully, uh, hopefully this is your last bout with COVID. Um, who knows? I, I hope so. <laughs> who knows? At least I've got the, at least I've got the antibodies in my body for a little while longer. Yeah, no question. All right. Well, let's talk about the other big story of, uh, of 2023 outside of your battles with COVID. And that's been the Secure <laughs> Act, right? I mean, it's been, as you mentioned, a, a, a huge story. And especially with retirement planning, we had the Secure Act a couple of years ago. I guess it's 2020. So now three years ago. Since yeah, both of them happened during COVID and both of them happened kind of at a last minute. <laughs> We're yeah. just going to slide this in under the wire. Situation. I, I know. And I remember last year that uh, or that that last time it was supposed to be like a big, big story for 2020. Like we had gone into that year anticipating, you know, that being a big topic of conversation all year. Then all of a sudden, a couple of months in that shifted and like Secure Act went to the back burner. Nobody talked about it. But here we are again for 2.0. So let's talk about some of the changes that are happening right now and, and things that people need to be aware of. Where do you want to start? Oh, let's start with the biggest one. I think this is the one that affects everybody the most. And this is the big change to required minimum distributions, also known as RMDs. Um, This, what, what an RMD is for those of us that haven't needed to take an RMD yet, it is the age that we need to start taking required minimum distributions out of our IRAs, out of money that has never been taxed. So IRA and 401k accounts. So this is, is huge. And so originally a few years ago, it was 70 and a half, which no one knows when their half birthday is. That was just silly. Um, and so they did decide to move it to 72 last secure act. And now we're at 73 starting January 1st, 2023. 
Okay. Um, that's the new age. So we have an additional year to delay this year. And anybody who turned 72 last year in 2022, they still have to start. Unfortunately, they still have to take their RMDs. But for everybody who is going to turn um, 72 in 2023, we get to wait until next year. Yay! So this really impacts folks born between 1970, or, pardon me, 1951 and 1959. Okay. And then the next thing about RMDs, which is crazy, is that the penalty for missing a required minimum distribution used to be 50%, 5-0%. So let's say you were supposed to take $20,000 out of your IRA for a required minimum distribution, which is a pretty common amount, and you missed it, you would have had to send Uncle Sam $10,000 as a penalty, not in any way, shape, or form to help your taxes, a pure penalty. They decreased the penalty, which is fascinating to me because this is actually a line item and that penalty is a line item in the federal budget. So to, to decrease really? it and to accept less money is really, really fascinating to me. We'll see how this works out for them. So now the penalty is 25% rather than 50%. And if you correct the past due required minimum distribution and pay the taxes on it within two years, they're also going to drop the penalty down to 10%. So this is the wow. federal government sh having a revenue stream and shooting itself in the foot. We'll see how well this, well this works for them. Yeah, that, one, that one's really surprising to me because you rarely see them. Uh, make it easier financially for people. It seems like it seems like there's usually more I, restrictions or more more penalties put in. So that's refreshing. I don't know if if having COVID and that type of thing made changes to this, but this is is very very interesting to me because the government makes be with with a B billions of dollars on that penalty. So to yeah. lose that money is just fascinating to me. New year, new government. I guess there you go. I don't know. We're in a deficit. Maybe they just think money's going to start raining from the sky. Maybe. A la cloudy with a chance of meatballs. Or they're growing money trees. I don't know. <laughs> All right. What else we or have? The, or the world is ending faster than we think. Yeah. <laughs> and they've just given up. Could be. That could um, be qualified charitable distributions. Um, we've been doing some of these for some of our clients. And the best thing about a qualified charitable distribution is if you have to take a required minimum distribution, um, or you're 70, 70 and a half or older, you can end up giving money to charity. Um, this time they're actually starting with a one-time amount of $50,000 adjusted for inflation every year up to $50,000 to a charitable remainder trust or a charitable remainder annuity trust or a charitable gift annuity. These are all new. Previously, with qualified charitable distributions, it had to be money coming directly out of your IRA. You had to be over required minimum distribution age, or it went directly to a charity. You couldn't have any control over it. Where if it's a charitable remainder unit trust or a charitable remainder annuity trust, we've got a little more control. So this is kind of an interesting idea. I, I'm waiting to see how this is all going to roll out. Congress is great about putting things in place that no one actually knows how it's going to work. And this is one of those. And I'm a little bit like, okay. And they've also made an expansion of um, the type of charities that can receive this. Uh, and any amount that you do counts toward your annual required minimum distribution if applicable. 
but it can't be to all charities. They still have a role in charities. And then the next thing that I love that is big for me and for everyone who is not R&D age or not worried about required minimum distributions, it's Roth savings are getting a boost. Nice. Starting in 2023, employers can offer workers the choice to receive the vested matching contributions directly into their Roth account. So it'll grow tax-free. Also, Roth contributions to simple and SEP IRAs are now allowed. Yay. So excited about that. (laughs) However, comma, we're going to need to wait for the IRS to give us some guidance on this and for custodians to figure out how to do this. I We work with a couple of custodians around here and right now the wording on that is uh, hold please, we're trying to figure out how to make this possible. So don't run to your company right now and be like, okay, I want you to make all your match to my Roth portion because uh, they don't know how to do it. And expect if you're a federal employee, because I know we have a lot of federal employee listeners, expect the TSP to not do this for a few years um just because the tsp doesn't this does not apply to the tsp net directly so that that's something i'm very very excited about i'm also very excited about now in 2023 victims of disasters and folks unfortunately who are terminally ill will be able to get to their retirement accounts early without occurring a 10 percent penalty in this though there is a ton of fine print so it's not an easy, easy thing to do. But now it seems like the government is willing to acknowledge that we need to be um, to help help everyone a little bit more. We've got a couple other little things for people that are further away from retirement. We've got um, new automatic enrollment and automatic plan portability for 401ks and 403bs. Uh, we'll wait and see how that rolls out. So we've also got some emergency savings things where contributions can be limited and you might be able to get to your Roth for emergency or extra emergency savings to Roth. This is something that we need to see actually pan out as well. Student loan debt in 2020, starting in 2024, this is, and all of these are also starting later on. Um, so for okay. people, so the automatic enrollment doesn't start until 2025. Emergency savings is 2024, so I would expect this to more information down the pipeline. Student loan debt in 2024, employers are able to match employee student loan payments. Nobody knows how to do that yet. (laughs) (laughs) So, like I said, they've kicked the can down the road 2024 on that one. And also, 529 plans. So if you have any college savings plans and they've been in there 15 years, 529 plans can be rolled over to a Roth IRA for the beneficiary subject to annual Roth contribution limits and an aggregate and lifetime amount of 35,000. So this is something new that also we need to figure out. So there's, there's a lot more that's going to roll out in 2024 and 2025 from secure act 2.0. There's a lot to unpack with this new law and there is a lot of fine print and a lot of financial professionals have no idea how to do it. Right. So we're learning more and Congress may enact new laws. Who knows? The, what are the five, four most dangerous words in the English language? Language Congress is in session <laughs> and vote and they do. Um, 
So we often have to wait for the IRS to tell us how to do this legally. And so right now we're all waiting for the IRS and for Congress. But stay tuned for more updates as everything shakes out. And we'll be able to talk more about the Secure Act 2.0. Yeah, great information and a lot of stuff to be paying attention to. Some pretty big news for retirement planning. So if you haven't sat down and talked with your advisor about it, uh, make plans to do so. And if you want to talk with Bree or her father, Tim, over at SS Financial, you can do so by logging on ssfinancial.net or calling 817-444-8402. And not only, you know, this podcast is a great resource, but you have another report on the Secure Act 2.0, right? Yes, we have a report on the Secure Act 2.0 that we're sending out to all of our clients and any listeners who either reach out and shoot us an email at info at estesfinancial.net or give our office a call. We'll get you our report on the Secure Act 2.0. I'll tell you what, this has been such a topic of conversation. I have had two conversations with our clients in the last two days who are turning 72 this year about being able to roll out, wait, pause, not do RMBs, not, not do any money that they needed to take out of their IRA. And everyone is thrilled about it. So it's, it's nice to let their accounts recover a little bit after the beating that we've had the last year. So, you know, yeah. we're, we're very excited. I'll put it that way. We all welcome that this year for sure. <laughs> very, very much so. <laughs> all right. A little getting to know you question for Brie Ray. We always do that here on the podcast. This week's question for you, Brie, is do you have a favorite piece of clothing in your wardrobe? I do. Okay. What do we got? I do. I do. Um, in my wedding dress. Oh, good answer. As sentimental and crazy as that sounds, definitely my wedding dress. Um, it, it's not a dress I picked. Um, shout out to one of my best friends, Shannon, who picked it out for me. It was n- I, definitely not the style and not what I imagined marrying my husband in. But that is my favorite, favorite piece of clothing. And unfortunately, right now, I am not at my target weight to wear it. But um, my goal is to get back to it. So one of these days I can surprise Joaquin. Actually, I'm going to need Shannon to come over and put me back in it, but then we can surprise <laughs> Joaquin. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's a great answer. Well, glad, glad to hear that. And, uh, and that's pretty cool that you have that goal to have that surprise at some point. Pretty cool. All right. I want to close out the episode with one more question. I, and this one's good because it kind of ties in what we're talking about and some of the changes in the secure act today. So it's perfect Ooh. timing from Martha. She says, I turned 72 at the beginning of the year, so I'll have to start taking money out of my IRA this year, even though I don't really need it. Can I just take it out and reinvest it right back into something else? Martha, you turned 72 at the beginning of 2023. Congratulations, my dear. You get to not take any money out of your IRA this year if you don't want to. Like I said, we don't have your required minimum distribution now starts at 73. So... Talk to your financial advisor, talk to your CPA. There may be benefits to you just letting it recover in your account and maybe not. Now, there may be benefits of going ahead and taking money out of your IRA this year, but you are not required to. This is all up to you. And that is the wonderful power of choice. So I would talk with a financial professional, find out the pros and cons. There are some pros to taking money out of an IRA before you have to. And so talk with financial professional, talk with your CPA, see both sides of of it and make an educated choice. I love it. Great question, Martha. Thanks for sending it in and perfect timing for today's episode on the Secure (laughs) Act. 
All right. If you have questions, this is awesome. It is. It's perfect. If you have questions about the Secure Act, again, to follow up with Bree and Father Tim over at SS Financial, take advantage of that report on the Secure Act 2.0 that she's got as well. Uh, you can always call 817-444-8402 to do that. So some great information, Bree, and a great way to kick off the new year. Hopefully you'll be feeling better next time we talk, but thanks for today. Oh, thank you so much. And everyone listening, go out and lead an abundant life.